Well, welcome in brand new Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Memorial. I'm Rick Gaming that right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, good evening, my friend. Good evening to you. Fresh off the grounds of the win for the match. Um, how was that? Are you ready to talk about some some real golfers? <laughs> I was telling you, I like just sprinted in here. I like yeah. was backstage two minutes prior to to five fifteen or eight fifteen Eastern. Uh, no, it was it was good. Listen, it's it's a very low key thing over there and obviously with the quarterbacks it's like more fun than anything but yeah it was it's it's cool it's different i enjoy it obviously very cool love being there having boots on the ground as many places as possible saw you got a u.s open trip coming in a couple of a week and a half now so uh exciting stuff great to see it around the corner for sure yeah just a few uh week and a half away um How's everything on your end? You ready to rock and roll this? You ready to go once again, battle the people and see if you can take their money? Like you said last week, uh, if I lose, I'm just a man of the people. So that's what I've been two weeks in a row. Fortunately, like I haven't gotten swept like totally. So I'm, I'm like right around the 50% mark. But uh, yeah, it hasn't been a great couple of weeks for me. Good for the people viewing the show. Make sure to, uh, I believe it's in the, the description of the show, a way to get into that contest. Uh, if you beat me in terms of ROI this week, you win a free 20 bucks. You see it scrolling across the bottom. And they're also entering all the names into a raffle where they give out 100 bucks. So very cool stuff. Yes, that link is in the description. You must fill that out so we know what portfolios to track. That's the that's the secret. Yeah. We have to know whether you beat Joe or not. So fill out the form in the link uh, below in the description. Then if you beat Joe, you get an extra 20 bucks. If you don't, you get entered into a raffle anyway. I think the first week we did it, you booked a 3% loss. I believe the second week, last week, you booked a 9% loss. You've been very close to even money, but I, yeah, right. You just, you're a man of the people. You're just making sure everybody's getting every last dollar out of our friends over at Jock Market. Man of the people. Uh, I love a good incentive. So uh, yeah, we'll see if we can do it again. Coincidentally, the week before I did really well that they started this thing, but uh, I feel, I'm starting to feel a little bit of pressure uh, from not so much the guys over at Jock Market, but myself, right? I want to do a little better this week. I've put a little bit more effort into some of the research. I've already got a lot of my guys favorited. I've got my target prices up. We'll see how things shake up over the next 40 minutes here. Yeah, so if you've just stumbled in here and you don't know what the heck we're talking about, this is Stock Market DFS on the Jock Market. We are bidding on shares of golfers for the Memorial. And then depending on those bids, the shares will be allocated when IPO closes, which should be right around, right before... 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. So we're going to take you the rest of the way here and talk you through everything that's going on. Uh, if you haven't signed up, the code you're looking for, it's on the screen right now. It's POWER, P-O-W-E-R. That'll get you up to a $50 deposit bonus. And of course, we're giving out the cash if you can go all out and beat Joe as well. That's basically the the gist of it, right? That's what we're. That's did I miss anything, or is that everything? Yeah, no, that's what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. If you're new here, um, you are now in the IPO phase, as you touched on. So you will see the price of every golfer tick up over the next um, forty minutes or so, up until nine p.m. There's a ninety second window where that will close down, and if you are still a high bidder at that time, you will be allocated the number of shares in which you bid for. If your number is below that price, uh, you will get zero. So, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a, a game here within the game in terms of when to place those bids. But 
Um, as we always mention, make sure to favorite, star a couple of players, maybe put in a share or two, make things a little bit easier as things get quite lightning quick over the last two minutes. I do know we, I think we got a couple of new people in the show tonight, so I wanted to touch on that who reached out to me. So welcome. Um, we're excited to run through it with you. Awesome stuff. I just refreshed the big board and boy, are those bits coming in hot and heavy early in the night. We'll get to that in a second, but the Memorial Jack's place, Mirfield village. Who are the types, Joe, the types of golfers that are going to find success this week? Uh, iron players. Uh, it's a lot of that on the PGA Tour, although I do think we there is a, an avenue toward just total driving uh, at this course. Um, ultimately, I think it plays typically as a second shot golf course. What's very unique about a tournament like this is we have a ton of data and historical. Um, we see it every year, right? So it, it leads us to believe there's a little bit more predictability to it. Um, in a sense, that's true. Sometimes there's a bit of randomness to every golf tournament. I know that you miss a lot of greens around here. And we saw this even on like the short par four last year. Um, the rough around the green is some of the most difficult to get up and down out of on the PGA tour. So I think having very exacting, uh, approach and iron play dialed in this week is ultimately probably the biggest corollary thing to success. And then you've got to have a little bit of a ground the green game. If you do miss those greens, um, is that kind of what you're feeling as well or anything to add there on your end? Yeah. I mean, it is a, uh, it's a course that demands a well-rounded golfer. Look at the guys who have won here. Patrick Cantlay twice. John Rahm should be twice. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, you generally get, some, you know, Tiger Woods, what, eight times or something like that. You get the, uh, maybe that's Bay Hill I'm thinking of. You get the the elite of the elite who are contending. And especially when you only have 120 golfers, Joe, don't forget that. We're in invitational season. So we've got another week where uh, it's only 120 who are teeing it up. And when you put all that together uh, and you demand these really tough shots around the greens, like, it, it, it's not going to be a fluky win. It's not. Mm-hmm. Anything to – I wanted to ask you in terms of does that make you you shift your strategy a little bit toward playing some more guys at the top? Or is there any validity in terms of finding some names at the bottom where we usually see the biggest bump, obviously, in ROI and jock market comes from these sort of penny stock guys? I initially was going to have the mindset of, you know, it's big boy tournament. You got to have the pants on. I'm going to kind of write these guys off and stick to the top. But, you know, you've had Lingmurth and McGirt and Duffner, like some some names like that who have popped over the years. Um, what's your thoughts in terms of strategy, jock market specific? Yeah, so I think it is interesting because, you know, we often talk about the winners of golf tournaments, which um, is not really probably what we should be looking at. So here are, here's last year's, Memorial. So obviously Cantlay and Morikawa, they went to a playoff. Scotty Scheffler was in the mix, but Brandon Grace was $2.80. Max Homa was only $4. Remember the sentiment on him was not nearly as high this time last year. Jimmy Walker went for $1.45. Siwoo Kim, $4.45. Aaron Wise, $3.57. So the nice part about the jock market is that you can 
dip down to the Bo Hoax and the Alex Norrens and the Carlos Ortizes of the world because you are not requiring them to win. You are only requiring them to outperform their expectations. So this is a situation where I probably wouldn't want to fill up at the top because when you start filling up at the top, they got to win or they got to finish second, or they got to finish third. I think there's a lot more opportunity for these cheaper guys to finish seventh uh, or ninth or 11th. And that gets you kind of the bump in the portfolio that you're looking for. That's kind of where I'm leaning more toward lately. Like that graphic kind of illustrates it all, right? Bo Hogue, who finished, let's say like 12th last year, actually had a better ROI than can't lay then Morikawa then Scheffler then all three of those guys so um you really it, it, you really got to kind of pick and choose your spots but yeah you see their hope but relatively far down the list um you know plus 275 only a two dollar and 33 percent IPO you finish at 875 that's probably like a 12th place finish that's pretty good and and you see a lot of this week after week in the jock market I do think the penny stocks are of course your your most volatile and you're most likely to go down to a dollar if they finish dead last. But you also have that potential if you want to have a really, really good ROI week and you're looking for that boom, this is where you need to put your dollars. I agree wholeheartedly. Okay, uh, before we jump into the big board, let's play bullish or bearish. This is our opportunity to go through four different golfers Look at what their fair value is likely to be tonight, the price that we expect them to go for, and then decide whether we are bullish or bearish. And Joe, let's start at the top here. Xander, $7.80 is his fair value. That's what kind of the algorithms think his price should be tonight, $7.80 a share. That's asking him to finish 18th or better, bullish or bearish on Xander Schauffler. I'm actually bullish on Xander this week. Um, I believe even if you incorporate the workday into this, there are the last four consecutive finishes at this event have been top 15s, which would, of course, return you a profit at an 18 finish position break even point. Um, he's got to kind of turn things around a little bit, Rick, in terms of the off the tee game. I remember us talking very earlier in the season about how he was tinkering with some things with the driver, how he was getting a little bit wild off the tee and kind of experimenting. Uh, with the distance has always been there, but the accuracy has really started to come around. Um, Valspar, Byron Nelson, PGA Championship, all events where he gained um, at least eight strokes, tee to green. He's trending in the right direction. This is a course that he's had a lot of success at. I'm going to be bullish on Xander this week. I think that the floor is pretty high, and I really like his chances to win. I will also take kind of like the slight bull, like very slight optimism on on Xander Shoffley at, at this price. You nailed it. I mean, he's been piling up the top, you know, 15 finishes here. And the fact that he is such a well-rounded golfer, which is not something that a lot of his peers can always say, I think that plays well or better here than a lot of other places where you not that you can fake it, but you can have kind of one elite skill set and figure out a path to the top of the leaderboard. So I think the well-roundedness of Xander plays well here. So we'll be two bulls on him. Cam Smith is next, $7.53. That's 20th or better, Joe, bullish or bearish? 
very torn on this one and whether it's a buy or whether it's not is ultimately going to come down to the price for me at that particular price point i'll take the the bearish side so my concerns are um accuracy off the tee he can be a little bit loose and it has has done so for for quite a while he's got away with it at spots where it's really wide open like the masters like the tournament of champions this isn't really that so so nicholas kind of narrowed things in a few years ago when he did his renovation pinched things a little bit brought the rough up some um it plays very difficult if you miss the fairway out here and that's at a high priority that's a little bit of a concern. He's striking the irons, though, Rick, really well. Um, it's it's up and down with the putter. It was really down at the PGA, but he gained like nine strokes on approach. I'm torn. Like, you were a slight on the bull side with Xander. I'm going to be slightly on the bearish side, I think, with Cam Smith. What is your thoughts? I think that then I am more bearish uh, on Cam Smith than you are. I, I love the guy, but... Um... He, there, so there's going to be a situation where, you know, Cam Price, who's been phenomenal, or Cam Smith, is, who's going to, who has been phenomenal, is going to have a price that reflects that. And this is probably not even arguably the worst place for him. Uh, yeah, not really, I didn't even mention the course history. Not even historically, right. But like the, so four missed cuts and six trips, two mm-hmm. finishes in the 60s. So he hasn't finished inside the top 60 in six trips. And it's probably because... He sprays it, you know, yes. you know, he is the least accurate of the top guys off the tee. That is tangible. That is objective. Yeah. So I, I think that this is uh, no surprise that he's had some troubles around here and, and he can certainly rely on some of the other facets and, and maybe play well, but I, I will, I'll just catch him down the road. I'll just find another spot, another spot to get him. I don't think it's here. Yep. Cool. All right, next up, here's a name that's trending, getting more and more popular every single week. Patrick Reed, $5.35, 31st or better, bullish or bearish, Joe? Trending, buy now alert on Pat Reed. It's coming back. Um, I'm not sure. You probably know more than I do. Um, Chad, my buddy Chad, told me that uh, it was not going to be a total switch off the PXG driver. It was more of a cracked driver issue last week. But the approach play has really what's turned around in the past two starts. Gained 5.2 on approach at the PGA. Gained 3.5 at the Charles Schwab. Those are tremendous signs. The around the green game has been what has kind of carried him to some decent course history here. When you brought up that graphic from last year, showed that he... um, you know, was able to return a positive ROI and had a good finish last season. You see the numbers there are down. I think that this this chart here that you're looking at is going to start swinging back up in that right direction. Reed, this is this is Pat Reed. He's a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, as you can see, I just think now is that time to buy. I'm bullish. What about you? He should crack that driver every week if that's the yeah. case. <laughs> just find a crack in it and play something different. Every week. No, I, I, I think that's the narrative, but I'm glad that you focused on, on what I, what I also thought was the approach place coming back. You know, he's starting to dial that in a little bit better and on harder golf courses that ask you to be really good around the green. Um, uh, you know, in the same way that, that Cam Smith, this is a bad spot for him in theory. This is a really good spot for Patrick Reed. So I will, we'll, we'll just mold our minds together here and uh, we'll both be bullish on, on Pat Reed. 
Who else we got? Last one, Cam Davis, 439, 38th or better. What side do you want here? This is a good one, and I pulled up rickrungood.com earlier to kind of look at Cam Davis, and it when you look at his golfer profile on there, it mirrors exactly what I thought it was going to. Um, boom or bust. If you look at what he's just done um, this season alone, you have those two spikes. If you just look at 2022, I believe he has like two positive markets from what, what I had pulled up and eight negative. So he's only hitting roughly around 20, 30% of the time he's earning you money, but a 14.2 average ROI there. So he's making money, but he's a loser in most of his contests. It's all about the spot that you catch him in. He's pretty good on bent grass. I'm going to take the bearish side and just say that um, looking for a guy to have those basically top eight finishes is going to be tough for a player like Cam Davis to repeat at, particularly tough in a, a field of this magnitude. Um, I'm going to go on the bearish side, but there is definitely the possibility there that he's a guy that earns you a ton of ROI um, in a couple of different points throughout the season he's shown. I got to admit, I'm not sure I have an opinion on Cam Davis. <laughs> I, I don't know. I could see it both ways. I think it's fine. I'm not excited in in either direction. I will I'll take the bullish side just from um you know, we have seen him be precise at times. Obviously, he can spray it, but like that second shot, he's a lot more precise. Um but man, I, this is my weakest my weakest take. I do not have a strong lean on this guy whatsoever. Yeah, so I actually um, have been a fan for a while. So I hit on him last year at the Rocket Mortgage. I've always thought of him as a very aggressive player off the tee. And I look for him on courses that are a little bit more wide open. So this may not make the most sense. But he kind of flipped that narrative on me when he finished third at the Heritage, when he finished seventh at the Charles Schwab. Very positional, tactical golf courses that a lot of time require less than driver off the tee finding the fairway. He's pretty crafty around the greens as well. Um, I can see him being a really good player on a season long sort of perspective, sort of outplaying what you think he would, but I don't just see it this week. Okay. Fair enough. And if you're looking for the deposit code, it's power. That'll get you your deposit bonus. And if you want to take a crack at beating Joe and earning 20 more bucks, make sure you sign up with the form in the description. That's how we access uh, your portfolio. So we know if you win or not. So that's how to get involved there. But Joe, I think it's time to unveil the big board. And my friend, woo, is there action already? Look at this board. John Rahm is 9-11. Yeah, that's more than his fair value, uh, which was 847. He's the number one pre-ranked golfer. I imagine everyone remembers the last seven rounds of golf that he has just played at Muirfield Village because he is front-running so far. This is interesting because it doesn't seem like we have a real pattern to this. Some weeks we see these guys jump out super early. I don't know if it was last week or the week before that where everyone just kind of sat at like a dollar fifty until the last five minutes. So um, interesting to see him up that high. He's going to – I think we can all give him the win last year. I wanted to ask you, has there ever been – has a player ever won 
the same event three consecutive years before. I would imagine Tiger probably did it somewhere, but I was trying to think of that earlier, and this could, in a way, asterisk kind of be that for John Rahm, but he obviously has really uh, good, strong vibes at this course. I don't know. Can he run it back? He's, he's kind of got to pay this off with like a top five if you're going to be in the $10 range. Tiger has uh, almost certainly done it. I'm trying to think who else. I feel like somebody's done it. I thought maybe the other one that I thought of was Stricker at John Deere for some reason is in my head. But I, did he win? Did he win three out of four? It could have been. I don't know. Three in a row seems like very tough. He might have done it. I'll find out right now. He won. He did. 09, 2010, 2011. Three years in a row. The Stricker? Yeah. I think that's the last one. Unless Tiger did it maybe at like API or something like that. Wow. That's tough. Tough ask. He's tough playing to good. Do. Playing good again. Best player in the world. Course he loves. Um. I'm probably not going to get there this week. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, he's the man, right? I mean, he's the man. This is a great spot for him. He's been all, he's gained 38 strokes in seven rounds at Muirfield village. Like he's the man, he's the man. I, I'd pay, I'd pay a premium for him. And I'd pay a premium for Rory McElroy, who's $8 and 10 cents a share at the moment. He's already over his, his, his fair value for tonight. Um, Rory McElroy this year has fixed his around the green play. The only thing that has ever held him back at Muirfield Village is his around the green play. It, it does not take rocket science to figure out that this is probably a good place to, 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 to run him out. Yeah, I really liked Rory this week too, man. It just feels like I know the course history isn't fantastic. Um, I saw he had some interesting comments after this event last year and some of the changes made to the par fives that um, he didn't exactly love, but He's playing awesome. It seems to be like these, and it comes at different parts in the tournament, but there's like a six-hole stretch that's just killing him. And if he could just play that six holes over again at even par, he would have three or four wins this year. He's very close. He's in good form. The putter's hot. The driver's been fantastic. If he's got it going, this feels like a natural spot for Rory to pop. Patrick Cantlay, 799. This one, I, I think Patrick Cantlay is the most interesting golfer tonight because he burns everybody with a miscut at the PGA Championship. 11 over par, loses you basically everything. Um, same thing happened at the Masters. Same thing happened at the Players. But he's got that RBC Heritage start. He's got the two wins at this event. He is the second pre-ranked golfer. He's like the X factor, Joe. I, I, I'm very interested to see what the market does with Cantlay. How is this explained? Like the, his thing in the majors. I don't <laughs> understand it. Not explained is, is the answer. It's not explained Be because the Memorial is tough and he's played well here. The heritage is not exactly like an easy tournament. He's played well there. It's just so strange. Like he played so bad at the PGA. I was very high on him. He finished like, um, below some of the uh, local club pros that got into the event. Uh, it was really bad. Do we go right back to him? He's already like $8 a share. I don't know. I don't know. Do you go back to I mean, you're. I mean, yeah, he's $8 a share at the moment. Are, is he going to make the portfolio tonight that everybody's trying to beat? I don't think so. I'd rather uh, Xander. I'd rather Xander. Maybe Xander Victor. 
Xander just saw a big move. Xander was like a dollar five minutes ago. Now he's up to seven. So he's the, the fourth most expensive golfer tied with Shane Lowry. Matt Fitzpatrick is in the mix. Jordan Spieth is here. Let me flip this around and look at the top 10. Um, Victor's $4. You know, there seems to be, there seems to be, yeah, just kind of like, I'm more interested in the sentiment. The sentiment around Victor seems to change very frequently, right? And you see the extremes. It's, there's no way he can win or contend at the PGA championship because he can't chip. Gains a quarter of a stroke there. Okay, we're buying back into the Charles Schwab challenge. Well, he loses two and a half strokes around the green there. Finishes T21. It's just like the sentiment on him moves, I feel like, more frequently than many of the other top players. Yes. Everyone likes Victor, which has something to do with the sentiment. He's awesome. He's fun to root for. He's got a smile on his face. He's young. He's a great driver. He's easy to root for, but at the same point, He's the easiest guy to to disparage and just say, I'm not playing him because he can't get it up and down. And I saw on your site um, the the highest stat in terms of correlated success is around the green game. So yes. thus leaving me a little bit concerned about him. But the other flip side of the argument that everyone who bets Victor is going to make is um, when he's playing his best, doesn't really matter. He's going to hit a lot of greens. He's going to hit more fairways than everyone else. His approach plays fantastic. He's a good putter. Um, I'll lose two strokes around the green because he's going to pick up five on approach. <laughs> it's probably true. It's just a different, different math problem. Okay. This $5 range right here, speed, Homa, young Neiman Reed. We talked about Reed. Is there anyone else there that kind of catches your attention? Someone that you've already favorited tonight? Yeah. Max Homa's playing really well. I think, um, if you, besides Cam Young, the most well-rounded at the moment of the bunch, I would say, is is Homa Spieth. Something's up with the putter. I saw today he's 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 tinkering with a new putter, which I was shocked on the uh, putting green this week because that old uh, beat-up grip and black putter that he's had has treated him really well over the years, but something's up with it right now. I like Homa the best. Cam Young. I don't know, man, like top threes in, in his last three starts. Like he's awesome. Do we, it's like interesting with these rookies. Right. And I talked to Feinberg a little bit about this. I, you probably know more about it than anybody, but like these guys in their rookie year, let's call it like their first two years when they finally come through and win, like, is it trending? Like where they, they're, you're betting them at their peak number, like a 30 to one at the Memorial on Cam Young. Or are you just as likely to get a victory at him when he's not playing so well at like 80 to 100 to 1? I feel like betting these young players when they get to their like peak sentiment and, and popularity typically isn't the way to do it. But I, I, it goes both ways. He's playing awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look into that to see kind of how it works. But yeah, there's a chance we see an all-time high on Cam Young tonight. Yes. Um, Right, that's what you mean with, with sentiment being as as strong as it is. He's already fast past his fair value. Um, he's just a couple of bucks away from what he was at the at the Wells Fargo Championship, and we've got a lot of time to go. I think it's I think it's possible we 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 see an ATH here. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> All right, a little bit further down the board, uh, not a lot of oxygen spent on Will's Alatoris this week, in my opinion. Five hundred three currently, uh, two missed cuts at the Byron Nelson and the Charles Schwab, but obviously the great finishes at the masters and the PGA championship. 
What version of Will Zalatoris do we find this week? The good one. I think it's going to be the good one. Um, this course should – I think I know he's had one miscut here, I believe, four years ago. This guy's awesome. This course is tailor-made for his game in terms of uh, just an, an ultimate tee to green player right now. He's shown the ability to bounce back from miscuts. I think I attribute that to, um, you know, a post-PGA hangover. It's tough to lose in a playoff like that. It's it's not that, not that like, I'm not implying that, like, he was drunk. I'm implying that, like, it's just mentally exhausting to go through what he did in that final round, being the leader after day two, uh, to take it all the way back to a playoff, to shoot one under a, in a three-hole stretch and lose. Um, all of that factored in. I'm okay sort of crossing out last week. I think this course sets up great for him. I think that he is just a rocket ship that is fueled and just ready for takeoff. And it's just going to take one thing to kind of go his way in one of these events, a chip in on Sunday, something to like get him over the hump. And we could see a, a pretty, I'm not saying it's going to be a Scheffler esque run where he rips off like four in a month. But we could see a nice, nice run out of Zalatoris once he finally breaks through. He's so good. By my clock, it is 8.45 p.m. Eastern time. So we've got about 12 minutes or so of bidding remaining. And then we're going to enter that 90-second window in which this IPO can close at any time. So we are coming down the home stretch here. Make sure your bids are in. Make sure you've got your golfers favorited. Make sure you've signed up in on the form in the link in the description, because that's how you battle against Joe. And if you create a portfolio with a better ROI than he does, we give you another $20, but you got to sign up and you got to sign up before the show ends because that's uh, how it works. So let's go see if we can find a little bit of value here, Joe. Sub $5 is where things really start to open up. Daniel Berger is there. Mito Pereira. Ricky Fowler, I don't want to pigeonhole you into talking about one specific golfer. So just kind of scan this sub $5, maybe down to $350, maybe down to $3, and let me know if one guy stands out to you. I will. Uh, I, I already see one that has my attention, so I'll offer one up as well. I like Alex Noren. I like Seamus Power. Those two guys right there, I think, are playing pretty good golf. Um, if you write off essentially their their last performance in terms of Norin, Power was great at the PGA. He was great at the Byron Nelson. Been really solid all year round. If either one of those guys kind of sticked in this under $5 mark, uh, I'll have some interest. Who was your guy? Uh, my guy was Corey Connors, who is currently $3 a share. He is the 17th pre-ranked golfer. His fair value tonight is 626. He's had one bad start. He had one bad yeah. start to PGA. I probably, if you asked, if you said, hey, Rick, create a golf course for Corey Connors, I'd say, okay, it probably looks a lot like Mirrorfield Village, right? It's going to play into his hands of, okay. So there's this stat, it's called distance from edge of fairway, in which it basically says, like, how far do you spray it? Right. And the guys that spray it really far are like Bryson and Matthew Wolf and Brandon Hagee and all these guys that you would expect. The number one guy in this stat is Corey Connors. So, one, he doesn't miss many fairways. And when he does, he barely misses them. And that's like the idea of playing 
out of the short grass this week is so critical. And then he gets to lean on the approach play. And I just feel like people just, they just gave up on him. Yeah. It's just not like the flavor of the month anymore in, in DFS or in any sort of fantasy platform, which he was like a year ago. Correct. Yes. He was for months. He was the flavor of the month. And then everyone was like, ah, nah, I never won anything. I'll just move on. But I don't need him to win here. I don't need him to win here. Yep. Exactly that. And he was really good last year in terms of he was one of the top guys for the year without a win. What about Rick? Got to ask you about him. What's your price point you'd pay for Bryson DeChambeau? Oh, okay. Let's pull him up here. I want to see what they have his fair value at. Uh, 82 I've got. Okay, so I'm showing 478, so I might just be a little bit behind, but somewhere in like that 480-ish, talking like top 30. Um, boy, I would get to maybe um, five bucks. Five bucks would be like top 30 because it's weird. I, I would rather him have played already, and but I do think of the guys that we're going to get in that price range, he's going to have the most win equity. Um, this is obviously a course that sets up well for him with the club head speed, extracting himself from the rough. He's won here before in a different form, but I, I'm quite bullish on Bryson and thinking that the horrible play can be basically 100% attributed to the wrist. And if the wrist is healthy, I think he's going to make a lot of noise very quickly. It's interesting. I, I w- I'm probably a little bit more bearish than you, although I will say it's like we know what the top end is, right, with Bryson. He's blue chip stock worthy. He has one good performance, and he's up there next week with Cam Young, with Zalatoris, with Homa. Like he's in that range if he plays well this one week. So this is like this is like buying like right before on a new stock related to the stock market, like the day before the earnings report comes out, right? (laughs) Like there's still so much unknown, but if it comes, if that earnings report comes out and it's good, like you just missed a great opportunity, right? Because you know the potential of it and you know the boom and you know that it could be so great, but it's risky. It's also risky because you don't know how they did. So um, it's an opportunity this week to get in on a price on Bryson that if he plays well, we probably won't see again for a little while. And Bryson, by the way, since we've been on air, tweeted out what appears to be a wrist update with his doctor. So if anyone wants to watch that on Twitter and tell us what it says, I'm assuming he's going to say, I've been cleared. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm very excited for the memorial. That's what I assume that update is. But if anyone would like to watch that in the chat and then in the chat, tell us uh, what he said. I'd I'd be I'd be pretty interested in that. Is this like when he uh, did the vlog from the steroid clinic to prove that, uh, to yes. prove that he wasn't on roids? Yes, he, he was he was clean for everything. Thank you, Bryson. We were very curious about that. Yeah. Uh, here's the top of the board, and here is the latest prices, and it's eight fifty one p.m. Eastern time by my clock. So we've got just a couple of minutes here, and John Rom. Hanging strong at $9.12. Remember, uh, he's been kind of right at that point for a while now. So we might start to see that slow down and have everybody else catch up. Is that is that what we're thinking is going to happen here? 
Yeah, and I'd probably, if I had to make a prediction, I don't think he moves very much at all. He'll maybe 9-15, 9-20, but I think he kind of stays put right there. Maybe one of them them early bids that kind of scare everyone else and, and everyone else sort of moves past him. Here's the interesting name. Currently the fourth most expensive golfer. Shane Lowry is $7.55 a share, Joe. He's the sixth pre-ranked golfer. He is ahead of Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Sung J.M., all these guys that I think sentiment is quite high on. Is this deserved of Lowry? I want to say no, but I just clicked his name. Five out of six. Yep. Really solid ROIs. Like This is the ultimate place where these type of performances and finishes by Lowry don't burn you and they're returning you solid money where if you had an outright ticket you're a little bit scorned here it's great he's doubling your money every week he's playing awesome good course for him I don't know I, I'd, I'd be more attracted to some of those names I see under him that I think maybe have a better chance to to win and get that $25 payout but um, I, I can't really disparage him the numbers don't lie uh, quickly, because I got to get you out of here. Uh, Colin Morikawa, haven't said a word about him. He's $7.09. The putter's the issue. Obviously, played great here. Was in a playoff last year with Patrick Cantlay. Thoughts on Colin? No, for me. Still waiting. Something's up. The iron play has not been as sharp. Not only has the putter uh, not been great, but the around the green game has not been great either. And he's just not making many birdies, it seems. Um so I have concerns. I'd much rather go to my guys, Xander and Victor and those other guys that are probably around the same price. All right. Fair enough, Joe. This is the time. You got to go build your portfolio. You got to battle the people. This is where we let Joe go do his thing. Uh, best of luck, Joe. Cool. Thanks. All right. We will rendezvous with Joe in just a few minutes. We'll see his portfolio. You can build your portfolio right now. If you beat Joe's portfolio, we give you another 20 bucks. The only caveat you got to sign up using the form in the description so that we know you're part of the promo. That is it. So go ahead and do that. According to Brent, who has been our Bryson DeChambeau correspondent on the scene, uh, says uh, Bryson says he's pain free for the first time in 18 months. All muscles are healed. All muscles are healed, and he can grip the club fully. I don't know. He also said that the reason he got injured was table tennis. So I don't know how much I believe him. You don't believe he's got a table tennis wrist, ping pong wrist? I don't think that's how he heard it. It needed surgery. No. I'm sure it was not all the speed training and everything that he did for the last 18 months. I'm sure that sure. was uh, that was not it. Okay, here we go. The big board. Ooh, doggy. John Rahm says, take that, Joe. $9.30. He jumps up uh, 18 cents since the last refresh. He's the number one projected golfer. How about this? Do I have this sorted correctly? I do. Wait, do I not? No, I don't. I thought for I thought we had the top ten golfers in that price order. No, that would be <laughs> Roy McElroy. Roy McElroy, second most expensive golfer, eight dollars and sixty seven cents. Uh, he has uh, surpassed his fair value for the evening, seven ninety six. Roy McElroy, who is a always a very high priced golfer, has returned a profit in three straight. It's kind of hard to do when you're as expensive as Rory is. Patrick Cantlay at eight thirty six. He's your third most expensive golfer, coming off a couple of really ugly finishes, but he snuck that playoff loss in there at the RBC Heritage. Had a big return that week, but people are saying no, no, no. I don't mind one single bit because this guy's won this event twice. Xander Shoffley. 
now catching steam. He's passed Shane Lowry, 779 for Shoffley, 765 for Lowry. Not a lot of concern around Cam Smith in that course history. The public is saying we don't care. $7.45. He is the sixth most expensive golfer as of right now. He has only lost your money once in his last four starts, and the other three have been pretty darn good. Let's flip this around and look at the top 10 golfers. Uh, the, the cheapest top 10 golfer you can get right now, surprisingly, a past champion, Hideki Matsuyama, $6.69. Deki lost your money at the PGA Championship, but was a winner at the Byron Nelson and the Masters. And again, as I've mentioned, has won this event before. Let me try to grab a little bit of a refresh here. So what we've got going on, it's 8.56 p.m. Eastern time. Around 8.57, we are going to enter a 90-second window in which this IPO can close at any moment. Uh, that is prote to protect all of us so that nobody can write a bot or a script or whatever and make sure they snipe everybody at the last second. Let's see. Xander Shoffley, a little bit of a move. $8 now. So now four golfers over $8, only one over nine. That's John Rahm. Bit of a movement from uh, Victor Hovland, $7.50. He's within $0.40 cents per share of his fair value this evening. Will Zalatoris getting a little bit of a bump there, $6.95. Sun JM I'm pretty bullish on, $6.70. Not yet to his fair value. So basically asking Sung Jay to finish 23rd or better to pay this off. And he was more than $7 a share of both the Charles Schwab Challenge and the RBC Heritage. So a little bit of a discount on Sung JM this week. Not a discount on Cam Young. 654. He's a dollar away from his all-time high. This is the second highest price we've ever seen on Cam Young, and we are still open for business. In fact, by my clock, we're at 857. So we are probably in that 90-second window. So this IPO can close at any moment. And since we're still open, bids are still coming in on John Rom, $9.50 a share. That is a full dollar more than his fair value for this evening. Still only those four golfers, Rom, McElroy, Cantlay, and Shoffley above the $8 mark. Let's see. Any big movers? I think we saw a big movement there on Davis Riley. He's now 602. Riley has been a winner in four consecutive cash markets. That does not even include his great finish at the Zurich Classic because there was not a cash market for that week. My guy, Brendan Steele, 505. Love this guy. Back to being a good ball striker again. He's coming in off a ninth place finish at the PGA Championship. He's earning you a hundred percent ROI or better in three of his last five starts. Steele is making a move. Let me try to get one more refresh. In. I've got 858. We're still open. We're still taking bids, but it's not going to last much longer. Likely only a few more moments. John Rahm continues to extend, but Rory McIlroy is right behind. 955 for Rahm, 925 for Rory McIlroy. Yes, it's time for Rory. 836 for Patrick Cantlay, 804 for Xander Shoffley. Not much movement there. A little bit of trickling up the board for most of these guys. Not see, Okay, Corey Connors finally uh, came back to earth a little bit. He's getting very close to his fair value tonight. He's $6.11. Really good price on Corey Connors there, basically asking him to finish inside the top 25. Closed. Shut it down. Shut it down. IPO is closed.
Hmm. I got outbid at the last second. Oh, let's see who I got. Um, give me just a yeah, second. Let's let, yeah, let's let, we're going to let the dust settle here. We'll get Joe's portfolio. You can let us know who you got, and we'll compare the portfolios and see if you're going to beat Joe or not and get that extra 20 bucks. Uh, and then I'll bring up the big board, but I got to let my big board refresh. Are you... Yep. Are you Joe? You're ready to rock and roll. Okay, let's do it. Joe's, Joe's portfolio. Here's what you gotta beat this week. Xander, 804. Max Homa, 655. In the five dollar range, I got Adam Scott at five dollars even. We didn't really talk about him. Kind of been very mole on Adam Scott re- lately. Um, we'll see if that shakes out. Then I got quite a few guys. Coming up. So in the $4 range, Gary Woodland, Denny McCarthy, Anurban Lahiri. Mm. And then my two penny stocks this week would be Kevin Streelman and Bo Hogue. I know he's playing bad, um, but he had that big spike that I saw last year, and he was $2.08 in the IPO tonight. Those are my guys. That's what you got to beat. Xander, Homa, Scott, Woodland, McCarthy, Lahiri, Streelman, Hogue. Lahiri's been good to you. I feel like he's in your portfolio yes. every week, right? Lahiri and McCarthy have both been good to me, so I'm going to keep running with them. All right, so that's what you got to beat. That's the portfolio. Xander, Homa, Scott, Woodland, McCarthy, Lahiri, Streelman. Make sure you're signed up. There's a link in the description. You fill out a form. It takes three seconds just so we can track your portfolio. And then if you win... We send you another 20 bucks. If you don't win, you don't beat Joe. You're entered into a draw to win money anyway. So it basically works out no matter what, as long as you fill out that form. Here's what you're going to be battling against, Joe. Decky, Connors, Keegan, Norin, CT Pan, Alex Smalley, Bo Hostler. That's JG Funk's portfolio. Boom and Bo Hostler crushes the jock market. I'm nervous about Hideki. We didn't talk about him. Um, I feel like whenever we don't talk about him, he's really good. And whenever we talk about him a lot, he's not so good. So um, shaping up well for you, JG Funk, if you can judge by the show. Brent Harris went with Keith Mitchell, Brian Harmon. Harris, English back in action for the first time since Sony, I believe it is. Six months. Sepp Straka, Ryan Palmer, David Lipsky, Hudson Swafford, Aaron Rye, Honor Bon Lahiri, Martin Laird. He's going to penny stock you to death, Joe. All right, Brent. <laughs> And then how about this one? Spieth, Homa, Connors, Keegan, Riley, Cam Young, Patrick Reed, Aaron Wise. I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah, you got Connors in there. Keegan, Riley's been yeah, he's got he's got some young bucks playing well. Mm. All right, let's look at the big board here. So John Rahm, of course, the most expensive golfer, 955. That's uh a dollar more. Then it's fair value, Joe. It's going to be asking him to finish, I don't know, 13th or better, something like that. It's not bad. It's just, uh, I don't know. I feel like he was playing like on top of the world last year, and there's been some question marks. The wedge play hasn't exactly been like perfect, number one player in the world that you may expect. I don't know. I, I I don't know about him or Rory. They both felt like they they cleared the target price that I had for either of them. Cam Smith over his fair value. The market yeah. doesn't care about the course history. And listen, it might not matter. He's been great, but the market has spoken. Yeah, 
he, you're right. He's so good. It might not matter. Uh, we were both bearish. The course history is against him. The, the driving accuracy is against him, but he, he's one of those guys where if he keeps striping his irons that way and he gets a hot putter that week, he can get him rolling. Spieth at 715 is kind of interesting. Oh, Chris mm-hmm. Kirk. You know what? I dropped the ball on talking about Chris Kirk. I think Chris Kirk's awesome this week. 557 a share. Yes, I bet Chris Kirk. Um, I'm surprised I didn't it didn't that number didn't register with me. But yeah, um back to back good starts, top 15s, I think in four of his last eight. Really good around the greens. Um, I don't know, should be pretty good. Bryson went for 470, so I think I said I would be a buyer. There, Ricky Fowler went for four eleven. Second page of the big board reveals Patrick Rogers at three forty four is kind of interesting. See anything you like on here? So, yeah, I think some of the shorter hitters, like not that Chris Kirk is a shorter hitter, but even some of the guys like Denny and Kucher and Answer, like could be a lot more in play now. You know, they bumped the par fives back. Like the quote I was talking about from Rory is he basically said last year, um, his quotes were, it's kind of a shame because you really can't go for the par fives in two anymore. He was like, you're more likely to make birdie laying up to 100 yards, which I thought was shocking that Rory McIlroy of all people said this. But adding that little bit of extra length, I think the like being behind the green, so the way that the sort of creeks run in front, being long on the par fives are dead, like you're toast. Um, trying to get up and down from that rough, you're better off laying up. So I think that that brings the Tom Hoagies of the world, the really good wedge players back into it because what we've seen over the years is on any course with four par fives on the PGA Tour, a lot of your scoring is going to come on those holes, and that's ultimately where you're able to get enough under par to find yourself in the competition. If it, you know they start playing into wedges, it, it brings a lot more guys into the fold. Yeah, it should be fun, and uh, we are just getting started. Live live trading uh, is 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 open, right? So so you can do this. You can start buying up shares. You can start selling. Um, you can start shorting. Obviously, as the the event starts. Uh, tomorrow morning, more of the same, but I, I love this event. There's going to be so much good action. Very fun. Then we got the Canadian Open. Then we got the U.S. Open. So we're on a great run right here. Golf's all over the news waves. I've seen you over there on CBS Sports uh, making a couple appearances this week. So everyone wants to talk a little bit of golf in the middle of summer. So uh, great to be with you once again, my friend. Thank you all for checking it out. Beautiful. Same time, same place next week. Rick Run Good YouTube channel, 8, 15 p.m. Eastern time for the RBC Canadian Jock Market Power Hour. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Tour Picks, and you can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour. We will catch you next time.